0: Well today I want to mention a couple things. Um first, I uh, thank you for joining us online. You can feel free to like or share. Um those buttons are tricky though, those like buttons because uh, my grandmother I saw um just a few moments ago was was watching, which is pretty cool cuz she's 97 and so she can figure out this technology stuff. Except she screwed up on the like button and she hit the angry face button. So um but she's 97 so she gets a pass. So hi grandma. Um so here's the reality for us. Just a couple kind of housekeeping announcement things that just want to make you aware of. One, we want to make sure that you know we are still functioning as a church, and so that that leads us to a couple announcements. Just want you to be aware of. One, we want to still help people. We still care, and we still love, and we still are reaching out. And so, if you need help, um, and we can help, we will. And so you can go to our website, ConnectionPointMI.com. Uh, you can. You can go to our, online to uh, Breeze, our church management system, and send a message. Um, you can go to write a prayer request and fill out the information there on our website under, under ministries. There's a, a section on that. And then we just want you to know that we want to continue to help. And so if there's a way we can help, um, please let us know. You can email office at connectionpointmi.com or you can email me at aaron at connectionpointmi.com. And we just want to make sure we're doing everything we can to be the church in these days. And we know uh, that's awkward for us right now to know what that looks like. And it leads us to kind of what we're talking about today. Here's the reality. Do you ever find yourself, especially maybe in these days, fixating on something? I mean, I do. I find myself fixating on lots of things, but I was thinking back over my life, and I have fixated or obsessed over, might be more appropriate, on lots of things. Thinking specifically, I was thinking about the 1992-1993 Indiana Hoosiers. I know most of you don't care about them, but they had five people on their team play in the NBA. It's pretty cool. Not only that, but Calvert Chaney was player of the year, he was a first-team All-American. He set the Big Ten scoring record. I mean, I thought that was pretty cool. You have no idea who that is. That's okay. But I was fixated on it. Or other useless information that I know. My wife says I like to read all kinds of stuff because it helps me to be that person who's full of useless information. It's true. Did you know that Michigan has the second most golf courses in America behind only Florida? I know. You didn't want to know that, but now you do. You can't use any of them right now, but it has the second most. So here's the reality for us. We fixate on all kinds of things. And here's what I believe to be true. If we're not careful, our minds have so much power that we can fixate on the wrong things. Here's what I mean. Most of the time, if you go online, you notice that people fixate on really just a handful of things. Sports, money, celebrities, politics, those are the things we fixate on. However, you've probably noticed that today, right now, we're fixating on other things. In fact, what you notice is that we fixate on stuff, whether it's a time of crisis or not a time of crisis, and, and in these days, there's probably just one or two things that are occupying most of our time and most of our mind. And so here's what I would say to you is a question I have, and this is the simple question. It's the question really that we're trying to answer today. Is what you are fixated on what you want to define your life? Is what you are fixated on what you want to define your life? That's the question we have to wrestle with. And it's what I believe that shapes so many of us, is that our minds shape the way we see the world and the way we understand. And so, like you, how many times have I really thought about all the things that come into my mind? And if you're like me, you're going, "Eh, you know... I. I don't know how powerful the mind is. Well, Google. Use Google. Type in the power of the mind. You'll see a bajillion answers to that question. Or you could go to like Psychology Today, and if you type in power of mind, you'll see there's over eighty one thousand articles just about the power of the mind. And so here's what I've come to believe again and again is that our mind shapes us in all kinds of ways, but it's what comes into our mind that shapes us more. And so here's the kind of the statement for that. If we're not careful, our mind can fixate, think on, or be controlled by circumstances. So beyond our control, they cripple us. See, if we're not careful, our minds will fixate on stuff that we have no power over, and we'll be crippled by it. In fact, just this week, I was trying to write this message for, for this morning. And, and as I was doing that, I found myself spending more time writing this particular message than really anyone that I could think of. And it's not because it's a harder message or because the text was more difficult. It's because my mind was fixated on other things. I kept finding myself drawn to articles on the coronavirus or drawn to what may happen, drawn to possibilities that I have no control over. And maybe you're like me in that. Part of why I was drawn to those things is because I I like routine. I like a sense of control. I really have minimal to no control in my life. But I like to feel like I do. And so when you have no control over what's going on around you, and your just life is flipped upside down, you find yourself disconnected a little bit. That was me this week, and maybe it was you. And so I started thinking about what does it look like for our mind then to be transformed? See, here's the thing, I believe our mind can be transformed, our mind can be changed, our mind can be renewed, it can be where our focus shifts to something else, and our fixations can be something that brings life and not death, or at least anxiety. This is what we want to talk about today. Here's the power of learning to see the world and think with the mind of Christ. We begin to live into that kind of way. It reorients us to the world around us. We begin to understand the world differently. In fact, I would say it this way. Paul writes lots of stuff throughout the New Testament. And Paul had a renewed mind. In fact, Paul... Wrote, really Romans is the, the letter that Paul wrote that we might say is the closest we have. to like a systematic theology in the Bible because Paul understood the Old Testament and he understood who Jesus was and his letter to the church in Rome is really this idea of how we live into that. And this is what it looks like for us, how we do that. And we're gonna be looking at Romans chapter eight, verses six to 11 in just a couple moments, but I've gotta be honest with you, I struggled a lot with whether or not to rewrite the text for some of these sermons these several weeks as we're in the season of Lent, based on what's going on in the world around us, not knowing that we're not going to gather together when all this was prepared months ago. But as I have spent time week to week looking at the text that we have prepped out in advance of each week's message, I have noticed the handiwork of God in the middle of that. And I think today is no different. And so if you're not sure if you're a follower of Jesus or you're not sure you want to be, that's okay, we totally get that. We'd love for you just to lean in and listen and think maybe there's something in this that will be helpful in your life. And so here is what Paul writes in Romans chapter 8, verses 6 to 11. He says this, the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Romans 8, 6-11. And I need to just give a kind of a caveat here at the beginning of this because sometimes we don't know what to do with some of the words that Paul writes or some of the words in the Bible. We, we read them and we're kind of confused by them because we go, spirit, flesh, what's, what's Paul trying to say? And here's what Paul is trying to say in this. And As we often think of, like we think in like Platonic terms, like Plato, we think the spirit's up here and the body's down here and they're two separate things, like the soul exists and some kind of plane by itself. But what Paul is trying to say is not what Plato would say. Paul isn't trying to say that the body and the spirit are disconnected things and so the spirit can do one thing and the body does another thing. What Paul is trying to say is simple. Either our whole being is one thing our whole being is another thing. Because this is the way God works. That Paul was Jewish and understood the body and the soul, the body and the mind, the body and the spirit cannot be separated. And so what our body does, our spirit does as well. And so we, in fact, I might say it this way, that's helpful. The created order is always good. But sometimes it's used in the wrong way. The created order is always good, but sometimes it's used in the wrong way. And here's what we mean by that. Sometimes that the... the The flesh, as Paul's saying, isn't meaning just like our physical body, but it's the person who's joined by all kinds of other things that probably aren't described as love, right? It's the person who becomes passion-controlled or lust-controlled or pride-controlled or ambition-controlled. It's when our body, our mind, our person is controlled by something. It's fixated on something other than what God may have for us. And this becomes for us the question what we wrestle with. This becomes for us a kind of hard thing to evaluate. And so maybe these words from James Dunn as he was trying to comment on these passage, this passage is helpful. James Dunn writes these words. He says, to make self-satisfaction the highest priority is to reject the self-giving God. And that's what it would mean to live in the flesh, is what Paul writes here. But there is another opportunity that Paul writes about as well. He says that we could also live with the mind of Christ. And so of us hear that, the idea of living with the mind of Christ. We think, like, eh, that sounds pretty hard. <laughs> Let's be honest. But what if? What if the reality is it's not hard, it's not impossible? What if it is possible? And what if for us, this is the choice we get to live with. And here's the choice. We have a choice to live for ourselves and our own desires. Or to live and love With the mind of Christ, so we can live for ourselves, or we can live in love with the mind of Christ. And I know for most of us, think, well, I don't want to live for myself. That's easy. I'll I'll choose not to live just for myself. Even even if I don't know if I want to believe in Jesus, I'll choose to not just live for myself because we know that's probably empty at the end of the day. But for us to not live that way requires of us to seek the mind of Christ. Now, that gets a little harder. That means I'm not going to just fixate on read about and think on things that bring destruction or chaos or disaster. I'm not going to choose to have my mind fixated in fear. That means as I think about the coronavirus and the world around me right now, I'm not going to let more statistics or more articles or more opinions shape me in these days. Here's what I would say about that. I think it's totally appropriate for us to be informed, but let's make sure we're informed by people who actually know what they're talking about, like the CDC or the World Health Organization. Let's not let some news article or some reporter be what informs us. They don't know anything more than you and I. They're reading the same stuff we are, and then they're putting their thoughts into it. But why don't we go to the original sources, and then how about you check it once a day? How about don't check it every 10 minutes? Don't check it once an hour. Don't post about it as you're fearful about it. How about you don't let your mind, this goes for me too, by the way, fixate on what you and I have no control over. Instead, let's not be defined by fear. Let's have our minds fixated on the reality that all of the creation is the handiwork of God. That all people in the world, whatever their nationality, whatever their background, all people are created in the divine image of God? What if that was where we centered ourselves in the goodness of who God is? What if, as Paul writes here, what if our mind was governed by the spirit because it gives life and peace? I'll say that again. The mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. The question I have for you and I is, are you living in life and peace? Are you living a life in peace? Or do you find yourself probably the furthest from peace? You have anxiety, you're fearful, you just don't know what's going to happen. And the truth is, none of us do. I have no clue what to tell you tomorrow's going to look like or next week. I have no idea, but I know this. I've learned and I'm learning to trust in God these days and to rest in that presence. And that brings a peace that surpasses our understanding. And this is the reality for us today. I think what Paul's trying to get us to answer is a couple of questions and they're kind of simple questions actually it's the question of have you found are you living the life you've always wanted are you living with passion and purpose today or do you find that as you reach one goal you climb one mountaintop that you fulfill one dream only to find that once you've reached that mountaintop hit that pinnacle it's still not enough You've gotten all that you ever dreamed for, and then you found it still empty. Or right now you realize your dreams are hindered, and you can't get all you dream for. And this is what Paul is trying to say. We have a choice to choose the path we go, one that seeks after all the things that we desire, or one that seeks after the mind and life of Christ. That's really it. I don't, I don't know about you, but I don't love that I really don't have one or two choices in this. I'd like a kind of a smorgasbord where you can take some of that and some of that. But that just isn't what Paul tells us we have the opportunity to do. In fact, if you go read the words of Jesus all throughout the Gospels, we find that he says the same thing too. We can seek after God or we can seek after our own ambitions and our own desires and our own joys. But it's one or the other for us. And so I was thinking about this, that one way leads to life and one way leads to death. In fact, I was thinking about it because a few years ago, I mean it's been several years ago now, probably about 10 years ago, I um, was on staff at a church and so they offered me a hundred bucks to work a Saturday to record for this group that was coming in and it happened to be Alcoholics Anonymous. And so I was like, for a hundred bucks, yeah, I'll sit there all day, that's fine. So I sat all day long in this sound booth basically turning the volume up and down and muting and that's it for an entire day. But I listened all day long to these people talk about the power of confession, the power of, they started, every person who spoke started the same way. Hi, I'm John, or I'm Bill, or I'm Susie, and I'm an alcoholic. And what each one would then talk about was how they, on their own, were powerless to get rid of their addiction. They'd all tried on their own, and none of them could do it. No matter what they did, they could not overcome the addiction. They needed a power beyond themselves and they needed other people to come around. And so I could substitute sin or addiction or anxiety or fear. It doesn't matter what you want to pick. We can substitute all those things and say, hey, I'm so-and-so and I struggle with this. And the truth is you and I cannot overcome sin in our life. We can't do it. We can't overcome our anxiety or our fear on our own. But we can overcome it through the community of faith, even in these days. And we especially can do it through the Spirit of God who says to us, because of my son's life and death on the cross, because of the resurrection of him that gives new life, you don't have to be defined by these things any longer. No longer does this stuff have to be the burden that you carry. You can, you can say, I'm this, but the reason they got to gather up on that day at the big book conference for AA, the reason they could say, I'm this, wasn't then because I'm still doing this, it's because I have been this and I know I will be this if not for the work of this group and these people. And so today, you and I can say, Hey, I'm Aaron, I'm a sinner. Hey, I'm Aaron, I struggle with anxiety or I struggle with fear. But you can say it in past tense, not present or future. And you can say that because this is what Paul wants us to understand, that we can live with the mind of Christ that comes to us and gives us hope. And so maybe these words are helpful for us. If we choose to be a disciple of Jesus and to be in right relationship with God through the resurrection of Jesus, then we will find the life God intends for us. A life that is not built upon sin, but upon radical love. See, I've come to believe sin in its fullness really is this idea that I just choose separation from God. It's really depending on what hell is its separation from God and His love. It's choosing to go the other direction. Because this is the way God works. God loves us enough that He lets us go where we want to go. The scary part for you and I is sometimes we go where we want to go. And so here's the question we'll have to, to wrestle with. Do we live as God's people and allow His Spirit to shape us? or do we choose ourselves in the sinful life that leads to death. So a little note about death. Cuz in these days I know we're thinking about it. The truth is, we're all going well, to die. Lots of check 100% rate. Pretty sure that's going to hold out for a while until Christ returns or something else happens. You and I are probably going to die. And so as Christians, we're not we're not afraid of death. If you call yourself a follower of Jesus, don't live in fear of death. There's no reason to be. That's why Paul writes, if I die, it's gain free. But here is where I want to say something. Because right now, some of you have been been saying things like this. Well, we should just go do whatever we want to do, because we know Jesus. But everybody else doesn't. That's That's why John records the words of Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And so we're not not gathering right now because we want to say we're good and we know Jesus and we don't care about death. We're not gathering because not everybody else does and we're not gathering because we love people. And out of our abundance of love, we're choosing not to gather together right now. It's a reminder for us that we become what others need for us. That's why the early church fathers had a line they used a lot. He became what we are, that we might become what he is. He became what we are that we might become what he is and it leads us to living with the mind of Christ which loves others unconditionally without regard for even ourselves. And so right now we recognize one of the craziest things to say is one of the most loving things we can do is stay away from each other in person. But that does mean you can pick up a phone, you can log into social media and send good messages, focus on the right things. You can send emails or text messages so, what's this life look like? Here's a quote that might be helpful. The spirit controlled life, the Christ centered life, the God focused life is the way to life. Daily, it's coming nearer heaven, even when it's still on earth. Daily, it is becoming more Christ like, more one with Christ. It is a life which is such steady progress to Christ likeness that the final transition of death is only natural. And an inevitable stage on the way. See, all of us are gonna die. But I don't know about you, but I wanna really live. Not in fear, but with hope. I want to live with passion and with purpose. I want to live a life that matters, that invests in the lives of others, that's part of transforming the world. I don't know about you, but I want to live that kind of life. And we can choose to live that life, the Spirit-led life, when we focus in on Jesus, and we make that the decision that we have, that we're going to follow after him. And so Paul gives us a line here in this text that's really helpful. Don't you forget that the Spirit who raised Christ from the dead is the same Spirit who lives in you. same spirit who raised Christ from the dead is the same spirit who lives in you alright so one of my son's favorite restaurants is really high class place by the way Um, they have a slogan there it's called have it your way maybe you know the slogan maybe you know it's from Burger King because he loves Whoppers like that's his that's his thing he loves going to Burger King and a Whopper and so, so they have that phrase have it your way and so this is the way God works he says to us you can have it your way or you can have it your way, but by choosing my way. These are options. We can choose to have it our way, but that doesn't always work out well. Because I don't know about you, but in my life, when I've had my own way, when I've gone my own direction, it hasn't always worked out well. So I don't know about you, but I want to seek after the life and the mind of Christ. And I think then we wonder whether we can do that or not. We wonder, is it possible? Can God really change our heart so that we're no longer... Living a life that leads to sin and death. But can we really live with a life of hope? Here's what I'll say to you today. If you don't know Jesus, if you're living in fear, if you're not sure what tomorrow's going to bring, and you wouldn't know what true abundant life looks like, if you want to know what it looks like to live as such a unique people in the world, if you want to know what it looks like to have the mind of Christ, then choose today, here, now, wherever you are. You just want to follow Jesus. And That's really all it is. It's just saying, God, I, I don't know what's going on, but I want to choose you. I want to choose to follow after you. I want this life that Paul talks about. I want this life that leads to life and peace. I want to know the life and peace here and now. I want to answer that question, are you living in life and peace with a yes, I want to know your son, then right now, wherever you are, all you have to say is, God, I want to follow you. That's it. It's not some complex formula, it's not something beyond that, and then it's seeking to live a life after Jesus, knowing the mind of Christ. and What we may find in that, what we find in that, is that by seeking the life and the mind of Christ, living and loving after him, we might find the life that we've always wanted. And the life that we've always wanted may be found in Christ. We pray with me as the praise team comes to lead us in one final song? Father, we thank you for this opportunity to gather together that we can live the life you've always wanted for us. That our hope and our joy come in knowing your son. That today, here and now, you want us to become your unique people full of life and hope and grace and truth. And so, Father, we pray right now that you would help us to become the kind of people who are so in love with you that we would give up everything to trust it to you. And we become also the kind of people who would love others as your unique people. We love others in such a way that it would define us and give us hope. And so, Father, as we sing these words together as one kind of closing song together, that you really might be the cornerstone of our life that you really might be what draw us in together, that bring us near to one another, that we might find in these times of uncertainty that we can live with the mind of Christ. And when we live with the mind of Christ, we might find in that, that it's the life that we've always wanted. And a so, Father, we pray all this in your son Jesus' name. Amen.